Our passage begins today. It says, I don't want you to be uninformed about spiritual gifts. That's my prayer for all of you today, that we would be people who understand that if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we have been given his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit gives us gifts and we need to understand those gifts and we need to know them and and use them. I, I said it last week that it's our hope that as people of faith, we're not just looking to get through this season or just to survive this uh, time of crisis. We believe that we are people who can be more than conquerors in Jesus Christ because God is for us, because nothing can separate us from his love. So that during this season, we might actually grow to be stronger. And he is calling us to be victorious in this season, not just survivors. And we're excited about that. And if you right now, if you're hurting bad, I want to encourage you. I want you to make sure that you're finding a way perhaps that you can serve others right now because I believe fully that when we serve others, we experience the grace of God and we experience the power of God in in powerful ways and it's healing for us and it's cathartic for us to use our spiritual gifts to serve others. So um, serving others may not cure all of your fears and your anxieties right now, and I'm not claiming that it will, but I really want to encourage you to try and see if perhaps this is going to be part of how God is um, working in and through you that you might find hope and healing in this season. And it's a very difficult situation for all of us. But because God has gifted his people to love and to serve one another with the spiritual gifts that he gives, we can experience that and celebrate that together. So today, I want to look at five aspects of spiritual gifts, five common aspects of of spiritual gifts that we might better understand and use these gifts that God has given us. Let's take a look at these five things. The first uh, is a common source of the gifts. Verse 4 says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. God is the source. God is the giver of these good gifts. And, and when we talk about spiritual gifts, the ones that God gives us, it's different than just our natural abilities. And God gives us those as well. And everybody has different talents and natural abilities. But a spiritual gift is a special gift that God gives specifically uh, for you to use, uh, for others to benefit from, for his specific purposes. I mean, some people are just born just so talented and I work with really talented people and it blows my mind how they're just talented with music and talented with technology and they're um, just talented in so many ways. Um, But with a spiritual gift, it's about the power of God's Holy Spirit. So I don't know if you've ever experienced, you know, two people could sing the exact same song And one person might be more talented than the other person, but somehow, um, maybe somebody who's less talented, God is using it for you more powerfully. Or if uh, somebody encourages you, if you've ever experienced that, 
God uses the encouragement of somebody in your life in a way that's greater even than the words that were said. That person might have the spiritual gift of encouragement because you're just so filled up. There's no way to uh, calculate that the words that they spoke would have such a powerful impact on you. When we use our spiritual gifts, the impact and the power of it is far greater than anything we could do with just our natural talents and abilities. Although our spiritual gifts and our talents and abilities may look very similar because God is giving them individually to us. And we, we use those terms fairly interchangeably. Somebody's gifted or they're talented. Um, but they're, they're all different uh, for different people, but God is the giver. He is the common source of all these things. So we don't need to have gift envy. You know, somebody has a gift that I wanted to have or uh, what we sometimes call gift projection where you say, you know, if, if I'm gifted at something, how come other people aren't serving the way that I am because this is very fulfilling for me? But we gotta remember that it's the common source, not that the gifts are all the same, but they are all coming from God and he has a good purpose for them. And I want you to know today that God has uniquely gifted you by the power of his Holy Spirit. He is the common source. The second common aspect of spiritual gifts is the common good, that the gifts are for the common good. Look at verse 7. Now to each the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That means that spiritual gifts are gifts not that we get, but it, they're gifts that we have that we give to others. Uh, the example I, I like to give is when my children were younger and they would get invited to a birthday party, I would have to provide the gift. So I am the source of the gift and I give it to my child and it's a good gift and I give it to my child, but it's not for my child. It's for my child to give to another child that that child whose birthday it is might uh, be celebrated and might have joy in that. And there's joy in the giving of that gift, even though my child wasn't the, uh, the ultimate recipient of it, nor the source, but they got to be the one carrying it. It's a lot like um, a delivery person. And we're thinking a lot about delivery people uh, these days because they've been very busy and I've seen the, uh, the Amazon trucks and the UPS trucks up and down the street all the time because that's a, a great way to, for people to, to shop right now. But if you think about them at the beginning of the day, they have a truck that's full of good things that people need and none of it belongs to the delivery person. And they, they go about their day and they deliver it all. And at the end of the day, if the delivery person has done their job well, the truck is empty and the delivery person is probably pretty tired from a full day of work. I believe that sometimes when we use our gifts and when we serve others, we actually feel tired. You might even feel empty after serving. But it's, it's a good tired. It's a good empty because we've given what God has specifically equipped us to give to others. I was talking to my friend Lori this week and she's just so beautifully been loving and serving so many people and I asked her how she was doing and she said, well, the truck is empty and she knew, uh, she knows what, I knew what she meant by that, um, that she had given all that God had given her for others and there's that emptiness but it's a good empty uh, because people have been served because this is for the common good. You know, unfortunately we live in a world that uh, in many ways is very individualistic 
And, you know, we forget that God has designed us to contribute to the common good, not just, uh, he just doesn't just give us things for ourselves. And, and really, this is one of the beautiful things of this season that I've seen is that there's a heightened awareness of community and a heightened awareness of the common good, that we're working together for the common good because we have a common problem that we're, um, that we're dealing with together and that we need to work together and sacrifice together for the common good and people of faith and, and people who aren't people of faith are all contributing uh, to this common good. And that, that's God's design that we um, think about that. And that's why he gives us his spiritual gifts so that we can contribute to that uh, common good. Thirdly, we have a common body. Verse 12 says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We were all given the one spirit to drink. We are a body, a common body, and we need to operate as such that we um, as people of faith are deeply interconnected and deeply interdependent. And spiritual gifts r remind us that we are a body, that we're gifted differently, but we all need to be working together. Now, this letter that we're reading from today was written to Corinth. Now, Corinth was a place of great independence. It was a really a place where you could be sort of a, um, a self-made man. And what it was was that um, some years before this letter was written, the whole city of Corinth was completely destroyed and the city was being rebuilt and there was a lot of opportunity. There was a lot of entrepreneurship. There was uh, a lot of new things that if you worked hard, you really could get ahead. It was a very hyper individualistic kind of a society. For us too, we live in a society that in many ways is very individualistic, even hyper-individualistic. And, you know, people have gravitated towards spirituality that is very individualistic. And the, the two main expressions of that that I see, um, sort of kind of lumping into to big groups here, but one is, is the group that um, I would call the spiritual but not religious group. These are people who say, well, I'm a spiritual person, but I don't need the church. I don't need this, um, com the, the community part of this. And these are people who say, hey, whatever works for you spiritually, you go for that. Um, and it's very informal and it's very individualistic. And people in this uh, I'm spiritual but not religious group tend to believe that all, you know, all organized religion basically teaches the same thing. And some believe that. Um, traditional religions, you know, may be helpful sometimes, but actually might even be harmful in certain situations. And um, we, though, as Christians, we know that not all religions are just the same. We, we know that God is not just whoever you want him to be. We believe that God is God. And he has revealed himself. He's made himself known, particularly in the person of Jesus Christ and in the work of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I am the way. It, nobody comes to the Father except through me, that Jesus is the way, the only way. And we need to experience Jesus. And Jesus has called us as people of faith to be a body. It's not this um, individualistic spirituality. So, and, and so that's, that's one sort of individualistic expression of faith. The other group 
is a group that I would call the I love Jesus but not the church group. Uh, these are Christians who maybe have experienced hurt from their church experience or maybe they haven't been hurt but they 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 feel like the church is just a place where it's just church is just going to be irrelevant to their expression of their faith in Jesus. Uh, they don't see it as a place where they're going to genuinely grow or be nurtured or, or find um, genuine accountability or community in any way. And in some ways, you know, churches, maybe we haven't done our job to, um, to help, you know, be that body that will build uh, one another up. But if we are people even if we put our faith in Jesus, if we are people who reject the church, we're rejecting the body of Christ. We are rejecting God's design for how we are to live together. Uh, and the only reason that anybody knows about Jesus in the first place is because of the body. It's because his followers preserve um, the, the teachings about Jesus and, and Jesus' teaching and, and the testimony of, of Jesus' work. And we are, we, we've shared that through the generations of who Jesus was and what Jesus accomplished. We can't reject the very source of our knowledge of Jesus. You know, if the Bible was anti-church or um, anti-organized religion, you know, that's news. <laughs> that's news to the writers of the Bible. It's just not in there. We are a common body and we need to be together. And again, right now, this is a time when we're being together uh, online and in different ways, but we, we need to be connected to one another. And in our text here, you know, this common body is we are one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. I mean, ethnic diversity, socioeconomic diversity. We celebrate these things because we're all different parts of one body that God has called to be together. And he's gifted that body to be the body. Fourthly. Um, we have common concerns. So as God has gifted us to be this body and has given us these spiritual gifts, we have common concerns. Look at verse 25. There should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. And we're feeling this right now in different ways. That we are uh, gifted to love and serve one another, but we're serving each other through both great joys and great sorrows. This week I had such a high uh, point of joy. Um, that I got to do a wedding this week on, on Wednesday and there was two families deeply connected to the life of this church and this young couple, uh, just wonderful couple. Uh, they both love Jesus Christ and, and just a young couple of faith. And their wedding got canceled because of the current situation and they said, you know what, forget it. Let's just get married on Wednesday and they planned a whole wedding in, in, in one week and I had the honor of officiating and celebrating that with them. It was just a high, high point of joy in the midst of everything that's going on. But there's other families who are facing uh, sadness right now and loss, including death. Um, for us as a church, we had our first church member, a woman named Joan Bolio who died of COVID-related um, illness. She was a dear woman of faith, and she served this church so wonderfully and faithfully through the years. She was a church secretary under Pastor Jack a number of years ago. 
but just a dear woman of faith and who has now uh, succumbed to this illness. And um, there, there's, there's loss and sadness for us in that. And we experience these things together. We experience the deep joys and the deep sadness of this time. But we have common concern that God's spirit allows us to enter in to one another's lives and one another's concerns that we might lift each other up. We rejoice with those who rejoice and we mourn with those who mourn. Fifthly, we have a common motivation and that motivation is love. And that brings us to chapter 13, verse one, very famous passage of scripture says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. No matter how you are gifted and no matter how wonderfully you use those gifts, the motivation for using them, the spiritual gifts God has given you, our motivation is love. And we share that because our motivation of love is God's love for us. Scripture says God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us that he uh, lived the life that we could never live. He came to be a servant, the God of the universe to serve us, even to death on a cross. And in that death, he takes on our sin and our brokenness and our selfishness and all the effects of sin. And he dies and it dies with him. And it's paid for in his death. And he rises to new life that we can have new life in him. And he loved us that much to serve us in that way. And there's a lot of motivations for us to serve each other. But that is the ultimate motivation. I like to describe it like this. I, I love using this illustration. Um, for those of you who, who know me, I've said it a hundred times. But um, if I were to bring my wife flowers... She could ask me, oh, why are you bringing me flowers? There are a lot of motivations that could cause me to want to bring her flowers. And when she asks me, oh, why did you bring me these flowers? I could say, well, I'm afraid of you. And I don't want you to be angry with me. So I got you these flowers to sort of satisfy your, uh, your wrath against me. Or another motivation, uh, you know, why did you buy me these flowers? I could say, well, it's my duty. You know, I'm a husband and I'm a good husband and I have decided that a good husband will buy his wife flowers uh, once a month. And it's the middle of April and it's time for flowers and here are your flowers and I'm a good husband. It's my duty. Not a great motivation. You know, an another motivation is, um, you know, if she asks, well, why do you buy me these flowers? I could say, well, I'm hoping maybe if I bought these for you, you'd buy things that I like for me and maybe I would get something in return. Again, not a great motivation. But if she asked me, why did you buy me these flowers? And I say, you know what? I bought them because I love you and they're beautiful. And I thought they would bring you joy. And um, I want you to have joy because I love you so much. It, love is a great motivation and we can, um, we can serve God and serve other people using our spiritual gifts, you know, 
out of guilt or um, fear of God, or we could do it out of duty or obligation or wanting to get something back from God in return. But the greatest motivation is love, that God has loved us. And so that we can serve and use the gifts he's given us for others. It's our common motivation. So God is the common source. It's, he's given it to us all for the common good. We operate as a common body. We share common concerns with one another, both the joys and the sorrows. And we have this common motivation, the greatest motivation, the greatest gift. It's love. So as we uh, go about our week this week, you know, I encourage you, find uh, your place to serve and use those gifts that God has given you. You know, we have tools as a church, tools and resources to help people find and discover their spiritual gifts. So um, contact us, email me, um, email the church office, you know, connect with us. We'd love to um, engage with you and help you to use those resources uh, to make, perhaps find your gift in your place of service. Also, the other thing that we've started recently is uh, we're doing some volunteer matching. There's a lot of people who, who are in great need right now and they need help with errands and they need help with um, just basic tasks or uh, shopping and things like that. There's other people who really want to help and they want to get out and, and run those errands and, and do those things. And we're trying to match people who want to help with people who have great needs. And so again, we encourage you to just contact the church and email us if you're on either end of that, um, that we might just be the body together and serve one another and live this out beautifully. Let us pray together. Father God, thank you that you are a good gift giver. And by the power of your spirit, you've equipped each of us to have those gifts, to know uh, and to, to, to serve you and to serve one another's Lord. So I pray that in this season, um, we all have various needs, Lord, but I just pray that we would be known and that we would be famous as people who are serving one another uh, during a great time of need. Lord, be glorified in that. Be glorified in your church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.